Welcome to Thriller Premium. Welcome to Thriller Premium. Gathering all the information you would need to stay ahead of the curve on your crypto investments. Welcome to Thriller Rundown. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls from around the world, <laughs> gather around. It's time for another episode of Thriller Crypto Rundown. That's right, Thriller Rundown. Today is October 18, 2019, and we are talking the 18th millionth Bitcoin, baby. That's right. Got printed today. It's in the books. Talking about it at the top of the rundown. Let's do it. The Rundown. So if I were to tell you how many Bitcoins are there, you would say 18 million. I would say you're right. 18 million, 137.5 to be exact at this point. How many are left? I would ask you, and I hope you know the answer to this. You would say 3 million. I would say no, close, but it's 2 million, 999, no, 299, 2,999,862,000.5. Bitcoin left, right? Yes, that's what you would say. How many Bitcoins per day, I would ask you? You would say 500, Uh, wrong, 1,800 per day. So if you didn't hear the great news, the 18th millionth Bitcoin has been crossed over early Friday morning, depending on what time zone you're in. And currently right now, we, we are down to less than 3 million Bitcoins left. That's right. We all know the halving is happening here on May 2020. That's a scheduled every four years. Like clockwork, never fails. It go, It's gonna go down. It's gonna go down to six Bitcoin every 10 minutes from 12.5 right now. And uh, at that point, there will be about 300,706, oh, I'm sorry, 376,562, I suck at math, 0.5 left to mine before the next having occurs every four years. But this is pretty big news, right? I mean, this is Satoshi's real uh, life scenario happening before our eyes. 10 years later, boom, down to 3 million left. It's crazy. It's insane. This is, And we know how much has already been lost. And you know what's funny? We did a uh, 21 million Bitcoin episode. Was it last year? I'll put it in the show notes. But yeah, there's a 21 million. I think it's just called 21 million like that. It's pretty cache, if you ask me. Anyways, what I'm trying to say is this is good news for Bitcoin. Again, the markets aren't reflecting this. No one was paying attention to this. But this is still important because there's less than 3 million Bitcoins to be mined. And I'm going to give you a little sneak peek. But this year's uh, Halloween episode is going to be surrounded around missing Bitcoin. Ooh, yeah. And it's not Mount Gox. Ooh, yeah. You're probably like, well, what are you talking about? I know you got you to gotta stay tuned. This is why we do our 
our scary Halloween Bitcoin episode every year. <laughs> this is scary stuff, losing Bitcoin. <laughs> and most, most of the Bitcoin out there has been lost, right? Like Satoshi had maybe hundreds of thousands of Bitcoin stashed away and there's that might never be found. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? You know, it might be found, might not be found. Could be Craig Wright, could not be Craig Wright. Definitely not Craig Wright. But do you know what I'm saying? This is some Bitcoin that's been gone. And there's been hundreds of thousands of other Bitcoins that have been lost throughout the throughout the years. So we really are down to a very few amount, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so if you don't have a Bitcoin already, what are you waiting for? <laughs> I'm just kidding. If you haven't got your full Bitcoin yet, hang in there. It takes time. It doesn't happen overnight. And I will say one thing. When you do get it, it feels amazing. Let me tell you. Okay. Without just saying that, I got more information about this. Because a lot of people ask, like, well, Carr, can you go more in depth? And I'm like, I could. I could spend an entire 20 minutes talking and rambling about this. But if there's somebody who's able to do this more succinctly, somebody who's able to kind of spread the gospel, but give us his take at the same time, but still inform us and educate us. There's only one person for that job. His name is, that's right, you already know this. You know this, Andreas Antonopoulos. And he talks with this particular person at his speaking about the 21 million Bitcoin supply, which I think is probably one of my greatest um, kind of back and forth I've ever seen him do. In, in, in a speaking. Seeing him live is amazing, by the way. If you haven't seen him live, if you haven't seen him live and you're a fan of crypto and Bitcoin, go see him live. It'll change your life. It's like seeing, <laughs> it's like, it's like seeing Led Zeppelin, apparently. No, it, it is. It, it's a really wonderful feeling because he, he just, yeah, you, I don't have to say anything else, but take a listen to his explanation on this. Question about Bitcoin economics. Bitcoin economics. Great. To your first. Yes. Thank you. Um, so there's 70% of all Bitcoins in the world have been given out? Mined already, yes. Okay. You seem to be a fan of Bitcoin, so... I am. If there's going to be widespread adoption, mm -hmm. do you think the supply of new Bitcoins is going to be sufficient for, for that widespread adoption? And is that going to be in the way of adoption? Uh, no, because uh, in my opinion, if uh, there is demand for Bitcoin, the Bitcoin that's already being issued is going to circulate and create velocity in the economy. You know, you you have to think of this economy not as a static thing, but as a dynamic thing, where the people who hold Bitcoin are better off uh, in in if you have an environment of adoption, investing that Bitcoin. Okay, I get that, but I hold Bitcoin. Yes. As many people here, would that make us the new one percent? Uh, it might make you the new one percent. I certainly wouldn't promise you that. It also might make you the new zero percent. We'll see how it goes. Uh, in but which case, in your world, uh, yes, there is a to 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 go to the root of the question. Uh, Bitcoin's current monetary distribution has a pretty nasty Gini coefficient, which means that it's unequally distributed. Um, the fundamental difference, of course, is that the reason you will be the new one percent is because you took an enormous risk on an untested technology based on a vision you had, rather than because your grandfather killed more people than my grandfather. <laughs> Which is how the 1% have their money today. But you don't think that's going to be in the way of adoption? Because that's, that's my concern. I don't think it is going to be in the way of adoption, also because we're going to see other monetary policies and other cryptocurrencies, and they'll serve different needs. We might see ones that uh, are more 
geared towards higher velocity currency. And Bitcoin may become much more of a long-term store of value. I don't know. We don't know. The market will have to decide these things. Uh, but I'm not particularly worried about the fact that people who took enormous risk early on uh, get to have a, a significant reward if this works. Because if it doesn't, nobody's going to bail you out. Yeah, and that's that's one thing that people fail to realize when they say, "Oh, Bitcoin's a Ponzi scheme." It keeps going up, and the only people that benefit are the early adopters. No, that's, that's not at all true. Those early adopters had to go through a tremendous amount of frustration, pain, loss, uh, every type of emotion, I would imagine. Uh, you listen to somebody like uh, Trace Mayer describe uh, his early days of Bitcoin. It's hilarious. <laughs> I mean, from our from our view, because it, yeah, it, everybody goes through the the growing pains of cryptocurrency and Bitcoin, and hopefully one day you won't have to go through that. I, I definitely went through that, and it sucks. It, it does suck. But anyways, uh, this is a great day. It's a beautiful day. Eighteen million, baby. Eighteen million bitcoins have been mined. It's pretty awesome. Three million left. Time to grab another couple hundred, right? Let's do it. <laughs> Let's get into five good minutes. Five good minutes. So today in five good minutes, I'm going to be talking about the Financial Action Task Force. That's right, the FATF, uh, basically calling stablecoins a global risk. <laughs> Get that clock started, ladies and gentlemen. It's ready to rumble. <laughs> so if you didn't hear, stablecoins poise a money laundering and terrorist financial risk to the entire world. Yeah, they do. Not the U.S. dollar, not fiat currency. It's stable coins. And this is what the FATF are saying on Friday. In documents released after its latest meeting, the intergovernmental organization referred to cryptocurrencies as a major strategic initiative and said cryptos whose values are pegged to fiat currencies could have a particular big impact. That's right. Some 800 representatives from 205 jurisdictions met from October 16th to October 18th to discuss various issues under the jurisdiction of the FATF, led this year by Jingman Lu of China. And he went front and center saying that emerging assets such as so-called global stablecoins and their proposed global networks and platforms could potentially cause a shift in the virtual asset ecosystem and have implications for the money laundering and terrorist financial risk. There are two concerns, mass market adoption of virtual assets and person to person transfers without the need for a regulated intermediary. Together, these changes could have serious consequences for our ability to detect and prevent money laundering and terrorist financing. When I see this, the first thing I think is, oh, that sucks. Um, that means somebody has to work harder. <laughs> <laughs> I when I do my day job and I get and I get delivered a piece of shit that I have to either fix, maintain or by the life of me figure out how to get it up and running again. <laughs> I'm talking strictly about servers. Do I sit there and complain and say, "Woe is me. I can't fix this. We need to ban 
<laughs> we need to ban Windows Server 2012 R2 edition. No, I don't say that. I do my best with what I'm given and I make it work. <laughs> this is exactly what is going on here. It's like all these government agencies worldwide do not understand that, hey, change is inevitable. <laughs> People will grow out of their basic uh, <laughs> uh, global, uh, you know, I'm sorry, country currencies. They're just going to it's a global world. This is a this is a worldwide movement uh, and Bitcoin is at the center of it. And stable coins are helping in every way they can. They either can do one or two things here. They can either get better at their job, <laughs> right, and actually work really hard, or they could try to do regulations, try to block everything instead of looking at the real terroristic threat, which is the U.S. dollar, <laughs> fiat currency, cash. Man, it's so easy to smuggle cash, right? Come on. They could look at that. Or they could just get better at their jobs. I mean, there's somebody like Chain Analysis out there that's actually following a lot of these cryptocurrencies. I think they just caught some kind of ring that happened here a couple weeks ago. And it's like big major news. Like, get better at your job. Hire really smart technical people to find out where this money that is being laundered to. Stable coins aren't the problem. It's the fact that you don't want to change with the times. <laughs> and you keep sitting on this throne, expecting everybody to part around you and work with you. It doesn't work like that. Technology is moving at a faster rate than anybody could have seen, right? And especially with cryptocurrency and blockchain, there's money to be made and people aren't waiting around wondering what governments are gonna do about it. They're just going about their way and they're creating shit and making stuff happen. Because at the end of the day, that's what technology is. It's a fast, ever moving space. And this is how it's always been. Like, like if you ask anybody who's in the technology field, like it's fast. <laughs> what was here yesterday is no longer here. What's here tomorrow is no longer there. I don't know what else to say, but get better at your jobs. <laughs> like that's all you can do. Okay, with that, got the code hard truth. That wasn't the code hard truth. That was just five good minutes. The hard truth. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Okay, I will preface this by saying that if you're a fan of Circle, the exchange, Polynex, the exchange, or Justin Sud, probably skip this and go straight to the end. <laughs> OK, with that being said, uh, crypto exchange Polynex is spinning out from its parent firm, Circle. Both companies announced that on Friday, according to Jeremy Alalar and Sean Neville, they wrote, it's a bittersweet for Circle to see this incredible product and business spin out of its own. We made enormous progress with Polynex, including massive inf infrastructure improvements, adding more fiat options with USDC and integration, launching best in class native apps for traders and building global operations capabilities that can deliver excellent customer service. Yes, that sounds like a standard, <laughs> you know, marketing. Uh, yeah release uh here's my take and i don't mean to be mean because i'm you know i respect everybody in the space for building i mean that's awesome right like hats off to jeremy allar and sean neville 
you know, launching Circle, launching Polynex, whatever, buying it, selling it, whatever they're doing now. The fact the fact remains, Polynex wasn't a great exchange. <laughs> like it was it was pretty shit. Like let's let's get the bolts of this. Like um, if you look at the just the UI itself was terrible. I tried using it, it just was not great. Um, if we look at the assets that they held under their exchange, terrible. We only had like maybe a few. This is even this was even before the ban, right? Um, I don't think it was managed properly. I'm sorry, Jeremy. If you listen to the show, if you're a subscriber, <laughs> it just you guys didn't do a great job. I don't know if that's because Circle, uh, you know, bought y'all, and then who knows what it was. Uh, I don't know what it was, but it just wasn't run very well. You could tell just by being a, being myself being a user of the platform. It's sad to hear because you want everybody to succeed in the space, right? But wasn't great. And then on top of that, you have <laughs> Justin Sun is leading the investment consortium taking over Polynex. Yeah, an Asian investment group <laughs> is backing, is look like it wants to back Polynex as it spins out of circle. First off, this is another, <laughs> if this is, if Jeremy's listening, this is another uh, thing that you shouldn't do. <laughs> Get in bed with Justin Sun. Look what he did to, to BitTorrent. Uh, everybody left. Everybody exited stage right when they got bought by Tron. No one sticks around for the guy. Look what happened to his right-hand person. He accused them of whatever he accused them of. Look what happened to his dinner with Warren Buffett. Never happened. Look what happened to them in China and all the allegations regarding that. Like, this is another bad move by by Polynex <laughs> trying to get bought out by Justin Sun. I hope this is your exit. I hope you take the money and, and get out and leave it for Justin Sun to clean up because this is not good either. <laughs> and Justin Sun, he's just going to continuously make more bad moves. This is what the guy does. His record speaks for itself. I don't know what else to say. I'm not trying to be mean. This is just pointing out the obvious. I'm sure everybody else has pointed out the exact same thing. At the end of the day, this is kind of sad because, fuck, man, Circle was actually a great app. I enjoyed it. Anyways. I mean, when you really think about it, most exchanges fail. Uh, we've seen it over the years. Um, not all Bitcoin exchanges, not all cryptocurrency exchanges are run the right way. And even the ones that we think are ran the right way turn out to be fraudulent. <laughs> this is going to happen time and time again. Uh, these are people that are brave because they decided to create a cryptocurrency company. And for that, they should be commended. But at a certain point, you got to realize when you're over your head, and especially when you have that much money, you have to kind of take the back seat and uh, let somebody else drive or try to get out of that because it's heading into a collision. I will say that my comments on that is not geared or targeted towards anybody. I'm just stating the obvious. I feel like most people in this space try to do the right thing, but there are some people that continuously do the wrong thing. And it's my responsibility, I feel, being a advocate for Bitcoin and cryptocurrency is to make sure that we call out the people that are doing the wrong things. That's why I'm calling them out. <laughs> <laughs>